Michelle Courtlock. I'm your host, Michelle Courtlock. I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have Jessica Beatty, and Jessica is an education consultant, an autism advocate, as well as a master IEP coach. But I have asked her here today to tell her own autism story, and she graciously accepted. So, Jessica, thank you so much for being with me today. You're so welcome, and I'm very excited to be talking to you again. So with that said, I I just really would love to hear about your own autism story and how knowing that you are autistic has changed things for you. So I guess that's kind of two questions. <laughs> Tell me about your own autism story. So I, growing up, I didn't know about autism. I was born in 1984. So I think there was still this like cloud envelope of autism and only Mm -hmm. certain knew it. We had um, a family friend who had a a brother who was autistic that I just learned that he was autistic now Mm. looking back at it. And he used to come over and play and everything, but I didn't know I was autistic until last year at 36 years old. Mm -hmm. So looking back on all the things I've been through and knowing my children, it's like, well, duh, (laughs) but there wasn't a lot known. So how I got to knowing and getting to my diagnosis was through my children Mm -hmm. and, uh, navigating differences with my own son, I started piecing things together. I'm a hyper researcher. Mm -hmm. So I like to understand things to understand them. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything that that we were going through in a book. Oh, yes. I'm with you on that. And I'm sitting there like, how am I supposed to help my child when I can't figure out any help? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we would go to different specialists and we were, I was asking questions. We went and talked about autism with early intervention and there was just, it was nothing. They were all pointing towards parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's a very consistent story. A lot of parents get is it's instantly pointed at something you're doing wrong and not that there could be a different strategy that could help with our children. Mm -hmm. So as I dug deeper and deeper into the black hole of the internet, And (laughs) listening to podcasts, talking to other people and learning as much as I could about autism, I started thinking, gosh, he's very similar to me. Didn't really piece it together. And Mm -hmm. then just that he had traits that were similar, similar to mine. Mm -hmm. How did I cope with them? So then I would help him and we just would work that way. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I had my daughter and my son received his autism diagnosis six months after she was born mm. that it was like, a, oh, OK, that's where we are. And then with my daughter, we didn't think her development was very on point. Mm-hmm. Very, My son, son's development was very on point. He was very early in different areas. Mm-hmm. She was very early in so many areas, walking, babbling, talking. Mm-hmm. And then she got sick around year one years old and she completely regressed. Mm. So I got the other side where we typically hear about regression mm-hmm. with autism, mm-hmm. not so much as of the normal progression. And then, Oh, 
this is the diagnosis. And so going through that, I was like, okay, developmental delays, all this stuff. But as I started digging deeper into her and her personality, Mm -hmm. my family members, especially my mom kept saying, you are a carbon copy of her. (laughs) carbon copy of her everything Mm -hmm. little speed like her speech I didn't speak until I was six years old Mm -hmm. and there were just different things that really connected us and I Mm -hmm. started piecing those together so uh, when we were navigating her autism diagnosis she was deferred by the doctors three for three years kept saying we're not going to give her one because she's a girl yeah and, and, and girls manifest autism a little bit differently. Yes. And the behaviors weren't there. The mm-hmm. big behaviors that we typically yeah. see like impulsivity or, a, you know, a little more outward expression of what their mm-hmm. needs are. Yeah. Um, she wasn't that she was just very calm and collected and a great masker. And everyone in my family kept saying, gosh, you are a carbon copy. Mm. So I I told my mom, like when we were leading into this, I really connect with my children. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Their needs are very similar to mine. And I brought it up to my mom and she goes, well, I kept all your paperwork from all your evaluations. Wow. I've had speech. I've had neuropsychology multiple times. And my mom was like, I don't know why I kept these. I just knew I had to keep them and nobody could really navigate it. But I had a lot of the similar things as both my children in my reports. Wow. And I just, I remember reading them and just like, wow, Mm-hmm. If my daughter gets diagnosed, I'm going in for an evaluation. And my mm-hmm. parents were completely on board to help. And mm. six months after my daughter was diagnosed, I was diagnosed at the same place she was diagnosed. Wow. Okay. So that can actually be tricky to become, to get an official diagnosis as an adult. So yes. I I think that's really amazing that it worked that way. But also, I'm pretty certain that there were a lot of emotions involved during this time. So, I mean, not that I want to say let's cry together or let's, (laughs) (laughs) but let's talk a little bit about what you were experiencing, because I think it's important to say you received this diagnosis and then And then what happened within you as far as knowing who who you are? Did that change? That is a very loaded question. (laughs) I mean, I think I felt everything. Um, I was very relieved with both Mm -hmm. my kids diagnoses. I had fought so hard for them Mm -hmm. that when somebody actually said, I believe you. Yeah. It was like, yay, (laughs) to get mine and the interviews they had to have. And the only reason they took my case was because my mom had all my paperwork and Mm -hmm. my parents were alive Mm -hmm. and they were willing to be active participants. And my husband was willing to be an active participant. Oh, so they interviewed. Yeah, all of you. They 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 really went into it and. Mm. Um, did that bring things up for you? 
for them interviewing, I was, it didn't really, because we had talked about so much with my children. Okay. And my, my mom's always been really involved. She's very open with my questions about the kids. And then she would bring stuff up, but it really started. It was really complex feelings. You had, yay. I know mm-hmm. I am so mad that I yeah. don't didn't know until now. Mm-hmm. And now I am so mad that my parents didn't know until now mm-hmm. they did. And this will bring up emotions. They sure. did everything they possibly could think of yeah. to support me having speech therapists, hiring tutors, set, paying for private school so I could have a smaller class size, oh. um, advocating hard for what I needed and building relationships with the school and creating programs that weren't at the school but could be used for other kids, for all of us. And mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think I would have fully understood them and been less angry Mm-hmm. if I wasn't a parent first. So I'm a parent okay. to autism first. Mm-hmm. So I feel those emotions of, gosh, finally someone believes me, but I also, I, I grieve them not knowing for 36 years. Oh yes. Because I found out with my kids at four and a half equal mm-hmm. for both of them. So mm-hmm. I had to go four and a half years. Imagine 36 years of wondering Mm-hmm. Not what's wrong with this person, but, yeah. you know, maybe where how do we help these? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they did everything they could. And I, I, I know for a fact they did everything they could. There's no way I would be here right now yeah. if they weren't so supportive. And it, it's very complex. I find myself angry at some points. Mm-hmm. And you might step back and say, who can I be angry with yeah there's anger just because maybe you would have understood things a little differently through those growing up years do you kind of mourn maybe some of the pain that you experienced that you maybe do you ever wonder maybe I wouldn't have experienced it like that had I known is that some of the pain and anger or am I just shooting throwing darts at a wall (laughs) no it's as I, I've shared, it's very complex. Um, yeah, sure. Would I, um, would have my parents done things a little different? We don't know because hindsight, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't grow up in a spot where the school district was the best. So mm-hmm. we don't really know. Um, my, I even had this conversation with my mom last night, like, what could have we done? And she goes, you know, I may have taken the 504 more seriously mm. because back then you were able to get speech therapy with 504s, mm-hmm. but we didn't really think that was me. We weren't, we didn't know. We didn't have mm-hmm. a diagnosis. We just did whatever we could. Yes. And let me just say, I had a lot of assessments. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole two binders full of assessments. And but- that's hard too. That's hard. That's hard for a child to go through too. And I think if we get really into the raw emotion of it, mm-hmm. I'm just now learning to accept my differences and allow myself grace mm-hmm. and the ability to take care of myself for yes. the first time in my whole 37 years. Like, mm. With my children, you know, we offer so much grace and love and here, take a calm down moment. I respect your emotions. Like I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like myself my whole life. Oh. 
love was not a four letter word I used about myself. I didn't know why I existed. I now know why I existed. Yeah. Because I could make it a change and I can be the best for my babies, just like my parents were the best for me. But mm. I just can't imagine how my kids are going to feel because I know they're going to feel the same way, whether we didn't know the diagnosis or we did know the diagnosis. Sure. And I think that's a really important thing to understand is the internalization of how we're feeling. You're never going to fully know what we're feeling inside, no matter how much therapy we're in with expressive language therapy or social skills or all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get to that point because we don't understand it. And we think there's something wrong and we won't be accepted by it. And we're just trying to make everybody else happy and I I am just starting to disclose the uncomfortableness I've had in classrooms with my parents, like Mm -hmm. little connections to a teacher having bangles on. And it just drove me crazy. Uh Um, And I remember her. I don't know her name. I don't remember her name, but I remember she wore those bangles. She was the bangle teacher. (laughs) Yeah. And like timed tests and how I struggled in college Mm -hmm. in the big classrooms. And I didn't understand why the clip clop of people's shoes, you know, the air that comes out through them that no one really hears. But when you walk in a quiet room, you can hear that. Yeah. Now that you say that, I do. Yeah. I I couldn't take exams and stuff in college and I was failing courses because I couldn't handle the little noises. So building those connections, it's like, gosh, I could have so supported myself better. Uh, My parents could have supported me better if we knew and they mm -hmm. don't understand. Mm -hmm. And this is words from them, from my mom is, I don't know why anybody didn't tell us about autism. It wasn't even on our radar. We had no Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And they probably didn't know either because I was very quiet. And especially back, I mean, back in the 80s and the 90s and even in the early 2000s, I mean, they, girls, girls being diagnosed with autism was it was thought to be a boy's diagnosis, mm-hmm. kind of like ADHD was, but we know that's not true. It was something that had to be researched and learned. And so many people and teachers in particular were not versed mm-hmm. in what in what to look for. And even to this day, there are many that are still not versed in what to look for. And I think when you talk about there's purpose in your life. I think one of the things that I absolutely love that you do when I introduced you, I called you an advocate and I don't take that word lightly. You really get in there and you advocate and you show up and you're teaching as you're advocating and you're educating and you're guiding. And it's, this is the information. Here's why it's important. And here's what you can do with what I just taught you. And I think that's, so beautiful that you've taken 
your own experience and your heartache. I feel your heart when you share. And it's hard for me not to be emotional because I just feel like my kids have struggled, my own autistic children. And my daughter wasn't diagnosed until 14. And all of those years up until I was connecting with exactly what you said as a mother, which is I read all the books and I didn't connect with any of them. They didn't work for my family. But the thing is, there are books out there, but I didn't know those were the books I needed. (laughs) And so that's tricky. It's really tricky. And I think what you're doing has such deep value in the lives of the entire family as a whole, but these individual lives of your children, of my children, of other people's children, of you as an adult who is autistic and as an autistic adult and for other autistic adults, this is who you are. You're so many other things, but what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is autism is a part of you. And so now you can, I don't know if reconcile is even the word, but maybe connect is the word. You can connect the whys. Oh, this is why. And maybe there's like some epiphanies that have happened over the last year. I would imagine. Tell me, tell me some of that. I would love to hear like some of those, a a couple of those moments that you've had and just thought, oh, wow, that's why. Yes. We have many conversations of just laughing about me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like that? (laughs) It's mainly me leading into it. It's like, mom. (laughs) How could you have not known my favorite thing in the whole world where, you know, uh, you know, anybody who wasn't in the early 80s, 90s, 2000s, when we're really reading magazines may not connect with this piece. But (laughs) growing up, you have those little those subscription things Mm -hmm. where you can like write your address and your name and down and then you get a magazine. I'm so excited to hear this. (laughs) I used to collect those and I would fill out every single one. I would come in contact. I was obsessed with it. I would have them under my bed, around my bed. And my mom's just thinking, hide the stamps. And any of them that said, don't need a stamp if you're mailed in the U.S. She was like, get it fast. Like. It's just those little things, lists Mm -hmm. upon lists upon lists, Mm -hmm. lining up my Barbie trucks and stuff so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many little details of silly social things like with my own husband. Mm -hmm. It, It makes absolute sense why I did what I did on our first date, but I don't know why he called me for a second date afterwards, but you know, socially you're not supposed to divulge your, your whole life. That person. I was so anxious. I talked for six hours straight. We went to a football game and I just was like this the whole time. I was so anxious. Uh, By the end, he knew my whole life and he called me for a second date. And he, to this day says, you were just honest in you. I knew oh, you would never lie to me. Oh, and I love that. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm so autistic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and 
like he and I can like poke fun at different things I do because we can connect it to mm-hmm. like the ADHD part of my brain and mm-hmm. why I may forget that I put my purse around my my shoulders and I'm running around like a crazy person almost in tears <laughs> trying to find my purse. And he's like, you're wearing it. <laughs> but a lot of these situations are not um, much different than anybody without a diagnosis. Sure. But sure. to connect it to this thing, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and we have, I have a store, I have a really funny saying that only I say, my husband would never say it. Uh-huh. Nobody around me would ever say it, but I can tell when uh, the autistic side of me is showing and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm showing. Raining <laughs> oh. <laughs> it in for a second. But <laughs> It's just this private joke that we have mm-hmm. um, because I am feeling so positive and accepting of myself. Oh, I do I have that. moments where I interpret a situation incorrectly and then I completely become anxious and hyper-focused on it. And I feel like I messed up or I ruined a friendship and mm-hmm. I'm just like, overdoing it and Mm -hmm. I will sit and just sob my eyes out to my husband saying gosh I I hate my brain I hate that I do this I hate it I hate it I hate it I hate it yes the best thing I have is I have surrounded myself with people who accept me for all of this and I will not accept anybody in my life anymore that does not accept all of this. And I I think that's that's the biggest lesson that I took from diagnosis and learning to love myself is I don't have to be a friend to everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do this and be this for everybody. I don't Mm -hmm. have to be perfect for everybody else. That's a huge lesson. That is not a small lesson. That is actually a life-changing realization. And so many people don't ever come to that. So I think it's pretty, it's pretty special that you came to that in your thirties and partially, or maybe fully due to a diagnosis that helped open up the information of who you are just a little broader. You were able to understand things about yourself that maybe you didn't understand fully before. And I think it's important that you share that there are things that are really hard for you Mm -hmm. and you, it's not, I mean, you, I love that you have a sense of humor and that you can joke around and laugh and, and you're, you're comfortable with that because you're becoming so much more comfortable in your own skin. Um, But I think it's also really wise to recognize this part's really hard. And Mm -hmm. so this is how I will cope with it. And this is how hopefully I can express this to my loved ones, to my close friends, those that are in my circle. And we can show up supportive together of what this is for me. So, and I think that's a part that I'm still working on. mm -hmm. I've never been good at expressing my feelings or Mm -hmm. wants or feel validated. I always Mm -hmm. feel guilty for thinking about something I may need. And I Mm -hmm. understand now why, And then I also have to remind myself and it's a daily struggle I have. I make it seem so easy, Mm -hmm. but it's a constant reminder of 
you've been conditioned for 36 years to think Mm -hmm. this one way about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not anything anybody else has said to me. It's this internalized Mm -hmm. frustration with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, now I have to reprogram in a way, but I have to be very focused on how I shift things. And I am constantly asking myself, is this for you or for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Is this for you or for somebody else? And it's hard because I, you know, ideally, and I don't know if this is part of autism or what have you, because I'm still learning. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> learning about myself. I just can describe certain feelings because I have felt them. Mm-hmm. And I can guide and teach because I have felt them, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying to understand what was my conditioning as a person, mm-hmm. but now who's trying to fit in and go under the radar and people to accept me for my kooky side and which weren't fully accepted. You really, ha- I really sure. have struggled socially mm-hmm. and it's always following that side of who, who am I trying to appease right now? Mm. And I have really great small knit group of friends Mm -hmm. that I can express. This is my thought process. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know if it's right or wrong with this, but this is how I'm feeling. I know I could be interpreting something wrong. Can you help me interpret you? what were you saying? Oh, and that's really healthy communication on your part. That's really impressive that you communicate that way. I think it takes a long, many years of therapy. I've been in therapy for over 20 years Mm -hmm. just for mental health things. And that's one reason why it led to a solid diagnosis and having doctors back up like a referral of, yes, we got to do this because she has this diagnosis looming over her, Mm -hmm. but we think it's this, we think Mm -hmm. it's autism Mm -hmm. and ADHD, not this mental illness piece of it. And we don't want to get it incorrect. Yes. And not that there's anything wrong with mental illness or anything. I have plenty of other diagnoses, but when it comes to medications and picking what is right for you and what works for you, Mm -hmm. it's really important to get that right. And my doctor was very thorough in, we got to do this. And Mm -hmm. I have been very fortunate to find so many great resources and supports throughout my life Mm -hmm. that I don't know how those came to be other than my mom always says, it's just you, people love you and they want to help you because you're just real. And it's the first time in my life that I'm actually acting completely this version of Mm -hmm. me. Who's the true version that I can kind of still figure out. I'm still peeling the onion, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to who that true person is, Mm -hmm. but I'm finally in my life, allowing myself to be like super, the super kind heart on my sleeve, 
a loving person who's just a caretaker of other people mm. and probably too involved in other people's lives and love too hard <laughs> and oh. all this kind of stuff. But yes. I'm finally just sitting in this just enjoyment of this really sacred part of my soul oh. that I didn't allow to exit because it wasn't okay. Yes. And it's a really nice moment to be in, but it's also a really scary time too. Well, when I hear you say sacred, like that sacred part of your soul, I I feel like what I'm hearing is I tucked it away because it was so, it had value to me. And I, a lot of those things that are sacred to us, we don't put them out there because we don't want them crushed by the outside world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so they are sacred to us. We hold them close and dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I think that once we become really comfortable in those spaces and within, how do I say this, acknowledging what is sacred to us and also acknowledging that it's okay that you do have that part of you that you hold close. It's a funny thing because somehow that those things you hold so close, you somehow start to share that with others and you kind of allow it to come out from within you. And, and I can imagine it's been slow. You had to take it a little bit slow because it's scary. Like you said, there's some fear in that process. You've never done this before. You've never been on this journey, knowing what you know about yourself. So it's, you're still taking steps in that direction. And I just think it is so beautiful that you are willing to share these experiences with me and with those that are listening, because I'm not I'm not autistic. I'm neurotypical as far as I know. And, <laughs> um, but all, all I want to do as a mom is better understand my children. That's my deepest desire. I want to better understand them so that I can be for them what they need. And I can get them the resources that they need. It's, it's all that I want. I seek for it daily. It's why I research and do what I do. So what you're doing has value, so much value for someone like me. And I just appreciate you being here and sharing that. And I love your heart. And I love that you know you have a good, tender, kind heart. You should know that because it's true. <laughs> I, I think in the first time too, I'm, I'm learning how to protect it too, in a healthy way mm-hmm. where it's, mm-hmm. I, I've kind of thrown different thoughts out and different ways that I advocate. I advocate very differently from most people. I feel like I have a network of other master IEP coaches who fall in the same sort of line that I am. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to find others who are advocating in a way that is um, open, accepting. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't need everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to support, but I also I, I'm willing to share like, well, it's actually this. Let's think about it. This, you know, mm-hmm. Um And not just hitting things really hard and saying, no, it's only this way. It's only this way. It's only this way. And for Mm -hmm. me, um, 
I, I take that approach with the schools that I work with too. It's I'm here to meet everybody in the middle. And mm -hmm. if we don't meet in the middle, we can't really support who's in the middle and that's our children. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my focus is not only my kids, but the other kids going through something similar like this, because I know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. I, I know that inward feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice when you can have someone who has the ability to pull, pull everyone back into what we're focused on. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It does. You are a relationship builder and in building relationships, you're also creating a network for these children and for the parents of these children, people that they can work with. And, and as we all know, never, ever do we fully 100% align with another person. So you're right. Even people with the best of intentions, we can see things differently. And so I think that ability that you have to um, cooperate and teamwork is really valuable in what you're doing, which leads me to asking you my last question. How can people reach you so that they can utilize your skill set? How do they find you? Uh, the best way to find me right now is on social media, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, my handle's Jessica Beatty underscore advocate. Mm -hmm. I, I share a lot of special education tips. We kind of throw out some myths about autism and mm -hmm. viewpoints on that. When you get into the stories, you get a little bit more of my life and some of the silly things that happen and thought processes that come. But that is the best place where you can find me and connect with me at mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's really fun. I... <laughs> I'm, I show two different sides there where it's, I'm very confident. And I'm also like, I have no clue what's going on here. <laughs> and it's, and I think that's part of the diagnosis where we struggle socially and it's social network. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, okay, this is really great, but what am I doing? But it's a, a fun experiment mm -hmm. in a way to, practice skills that I need to practice, mm -hmm. but I don't have the support of a therapist or a specialist because services for adults are hard, especially yeah. where I am mm -hmm. and with my own diagnosis and that sort of situation. So mm -hmm. you can find me on Jessica Beatty underscore advocate. Uh, mm -hmm. Feel free to send me messages. I always answer them, connect with me there. It's it's a plethora of information and um, hopefully a very welcoming community for all parents, whether you are new or just whether you're new or you're you've been seasoned, but mm -hmm. you need a place where you can just not have to be correct all the time, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes, it does. It does. And I so appreciate you sharing that um, information. And for those of you that are listening, Beatty is B-E-A-T-Y. Yes. <laughs> so when you're looking up Jessica Beatty, I just want you to know how to spell her last name. <laughs> so, um, and 
Jessica, thank you again. You have touched my heart. I feel like I've been to church. (laughs) So thank you for spending this time with me and for sharing your heart and for sharing some of your experiences. I'm certain we could talk for hours, you and I, and we would just find all kinds of ways to connect with each other through these experiences. So I just really appreciate you taking this time today. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. For those of you that are listening, you can find me at navigating.the.spectrum. Thanks for listening.